An explosive private letter from Pope Bennett XVI, who recently died on December 31st, 2022, indicates that Pope Benedict XVI believed we are living in the times of the Antichrist, and he encourages the faithful to pray accordingly and exhorts the pastors of the church to act accordingly. This is really big news. It comes from a private correspondence with a man named Vladimir Polko, pictured here, and it was released in an article by Rod Dreher in the American Conservative titled, Benedict XVI, It Is the Time of the Antichrist. Today, I will discuss the contents of this, and I'll compare it to yesterday's podcast in which we discussed Benedict's last testament, his spiritual testament, which was released after his death, and how there wasn't much to it. People think it's a forgery, or if it's not a forgery, that it was something early in his papacy and is not actually his final spiritual testament. But today's letter, the private letter, explicitly indicates that Pope Benedict XVI, the late pontiff, believed that we are living in the times of the Antichrist. So we'll look at that today, and then we'll also look at what St. Paul teaches about the manifestation of the Antichrist in the Bible, what is stated there. Well, as you know, Pope Benedict XVI resigned the papacy in 2013. The day he announced it, lightning struck the Vatican. People took this as a sign that something apocalyptic was happening in Rome. He was somewhat popular with the faithful and with conservative Catholics, but with the world, with government, with globalists, with the EU and the UN, Pope Benedict XVI was not that popular. He wrote a letter to a Slovakian gentleman by the name of Vladimir Polko. And Rod Dreher gives us the background information. Polko was a member of the underground Catholic Church, and he went on to serve as the interior minister, and he had some kind of correspondence with the late Pope Benedict. He received a letter from Pope Benedict that he kept private, for all these years. And in that letter, as released today, it has these words from the late Pope Benedict. And I quote, As one sees the power of Antichrist spreading, one can only pray that the Lord will give us mighty shepherds to defend his church against the power of evil in this hour of need. Notably, this letter is dated 2015. That means he wrote this letter after he had resigned the papacy and while Pope Francis was currently on the throne of St. Peter, currently serving as the Roman pontiff. Some are already saying, is this an indication that Benedict thought that Pope Francis was the Antichrist? And I don't think that is the case. I think what Pope Benedict is indicating is that currently we are moving towards some kind of eschatological end-time manifestation and that he believed that the power of the Antichrist was about to be unveiled. Now, you'll remember I indicated and discussed that the day of Pope Benedict's death 
was December 31st. What is significant about that? December 31st in the Catholic Church is the saint day of Saint Sylvester. Now, who is Saint Sylvester? Saint Sylvester was a pope in the early 300s, and he was, before that, almost all popes were martyred or persecuted by the Roman Empire. It was illegal to be a Christian. Often they would find the local bishops and the clergy and the lay people, they would torture them, and they would kill them, and they would receive the crown of martyrdom. And this included the bishops of Rome, who are the early popes. Well, all that changed in the early 300s under the papacy of Saint Sylvester. What happened? Constantine the Great, the Roman emperor, had a conversion. How deep that conversion was, the world will never know. Historians debate it. The fact is, is that Constantine recognized the church, he recognized the Bishop of Rome, and he made gifts to the Catholic Church. The what becomes the Basilica of St. John Lateran, what becomes and is constructed as the Basilica of the Vatican, St. Peter's Basilica, those are historical gifts of Constantine to whom? To St. Sylvester, Bishop of Rome, Pope. That means that St. Sylvester was the first imperial pope in the history well, of the world, but in the history of the Catholic Church. And Pope Benedict dying on that feast day could be a sign that that era, that epic in which the popes and the empire and the emperors had some sort of integrated approach, we call it Christendom in history, that this is in fact the end of Christendom and that Benedict XVI dies on the feast day of the first pope who was able to oversee the integration of church and state back in the 320s. So that's significant when you consider that this is how the life of Pope Benedict ended. Let's look at the quote. As one sees the power of Antichrist spreading, one can only pray that the Lord will give us mighty shepherds to defend his church against the power of evil in this hour of need. Pope Benedict is indicating here that those who will be attacked are those who belong to the body of Christ, the church. And he prays that the Lord will give us shepherds, pastors, who will be able to protect, to defend, and guard the sheep of Jesus Christ. I think this indicates, and I think Benedict would agree with this, that in his lifetime and in our lifetime, now that he's passed away, we live in a time of cowardly pastors, wolves in sheep's clothing. We Catholics have seen decades of sexual abuse, pedophilia, child molestations, embezzlement, all kinds of scandals committed by the men who call themselves shepherds, bishops, pastors, and priests. Now, this quote, as I said in the opening, comes from us, comes to us from Vladimir Polko. Vladimir Polko. I hope I'm saying that correctly, a friend of Rod Trayer. And the question is posed to him, and this is a translation that Rod Trayer provided to Polko. It says, When you reported the letter for the first time, you decided not to publish part of the text noting that it was not the right time to do so. 
The reason was the sensitive content and concerns that the late Pope expressed about the state of the Catholic Church. Could you elaborate on exactly what it was? And Polko, pictured on the screen, says, yes, it's like that. The letter is not long. It has 12 lines. In the second half of the letter, there's a sentence about three lines long in which the Pope Emeritus makes some striking claims. And then he reads the passage that I read previously. The power of Antichrist is expanding. And then he's asked, what do you think then? What do you think about it today? And he says, concepts such as the expansion of the Antichrist power, the church in our hour of need, the need to defend the church and the power of evil are serious and weighty, all the more so because they were uttered by a person in whose expression throughout his life, accuracy was combined with the appropriateness of the terms used. Here we see him making the observation, Pope Benedict was always very careful with the way he spoke. He was always very precise. I've said it before and I'll say it again for new viewers. And by the way, if you are new, please subscribe and hit the like button. Pope Benedict, if you asked him a question, he would pause and then the German gears in his mind would begin to turn and he would prepare an answer in a paragraph form. He would weigh his words, arrange his words, and then speak. That is who Pope Benedict was. That's how he thought. So to see this quote that we are entering into the expansion of the power of Antichrist in our time, that's not a throwaway comment. That's something very serious, and we need to weigh it. I think this, the death of Pope Benedict on the 31st of December, of course, the lightning striking, the Vatican when he announces resignation, all of these are apocalyptic signs. Apocalypse, as you know in Greek, means to unveil, to uncover. And with that, I want to turn to the Bible. You've been patient with me. I want to now turn to the pages of the New Testament in which St. Paul gives the most vivid description of the coming of the Antichrist. And I'll be reading from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and also the commentary comes from my recent best-selling book, Antichrist and Apocalypse. I'll be reading from there. If you want to get a copy of it, it's at Amazon, there's Audible. If you want a signed copy, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Marshall. And there's copies available there. I'll send them straight to you. What does Paul say about the Antichrist? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. He says that you may not be easily moved from your sense, nor be terrified, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by epistle, as sent from us, as if the day of the Lord were at hand. Paul says here, I don't want you to be terrified. I want you to know the truth. So if you're watching this right now, I don't want you to be terrified. I want you to know the truth. It's the truth of St. Paul, the apostle. He goes on to say in verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for unless there come the apostasy first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and is lifted up among all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself as if he were God. 
Remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things, end quote. Paul says, look, last time I was with you in Thessalonica, I told you these details of the coming of the Antichrist, who he calls the man of sin and the son of perdition. And what are the details that we get here? Because this directly relates to the quote about the power of the Antichrist, Antichrist spreading in the world. He says, let no one deceive you. First must come the apostasy. In Greek, apostasia. What does that mean? In Greek, apostasy means to fall away. And the apostasy, the great apostasy, theologians say, is towards the end of time, when the world has been evangelized, the gospel of Jesus Christ has gone out to all the world. After that has happened, the great majority of people who say, I'm a Christian, this is a Christian country, this is a Christian state, the apostasy happens. They fall away. What looked like Christian culture falls away. Imagine a giant wall or a tower erected for Jesus Christ, raised up as a bulwark, as a monument. It falls over. The faith of people begins to fail. And this is why our Lord Jesus Christ says that when he returns, will he find faith on the earth? We're taught in the Bible there will be a small remnant left at the end of time. Why? Because there will be a great apostasy. People will fall away. The second sign, St. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians, the man of sin will be revealed, the son of perdition. So after the great majority of Christians have fallen away, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, will be revealed. And what will he do? How will you know that he's the Antichrist? It's not going to be a secret once he's manifest. He says he will oppose and lift up above all that is called God or that is worshipped himself. Every single idol, every single false god, even the one true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, he will oppose that and he will set himself up as God. And how will he do that? St. Paul says very explicitly, he will sit in the temple of God and show himself as if he were God. In this book, Antichrist and Apocalypse, it's a bestseller. You got to get it. It's a great book. I detail all the early Christians, every single one of them, all the church fathers. They all say unanimously that at the end of time, the temple in Jerusalem will be rebuilt. It will be a bad thing. A lot of people think built, rebuilding the temple will be a good thing. It will be rebuilt by the Antichrist. He will rebuild the temple. Did you know the only time in the entire Bible that 666 is used, except for the book of Revelation, is in the Old Testament? And it said that King Solomon, the son of David, King Solomon received 666 talents of gold annually as tribute. So the only person in the whole Bible who's explicitly tied to the number of 666 is King Solomon, who brought idolatry into Jerusalem. But King Solomon is also the one who did what? Solomon built the temple, Solomon's temple. And that there is a sign 
of the Antichrist. Just as Solomon in the old days built the temple for the glory of God, the Antichrist, who is a false Messiah, a false Christ, he will build up a temple not to the glory of God in Jerusalem. He will build a temple to the glory of his own pride and wickedness and perversity. So when there's the great apostasy, the manifestation of the Antichrist, son of perdition, and then he will rebuild the temple and he will sit in it as if he were God. Those are the direct quotes from sacred scripture. Now, do we see a man who rules the whole world and demands that everyone worship him? Not yet. But if we look at the quote of Pope Benedict, he's not saying the Antichrist is definitely here or that he's manifested. The power of Antichrist is spreading. And the effect is that we will need mighty shepherds to defend his church against the power of evil in this hour of need. It's almost like we're in Act 1 of the play, and we're about to move into Act 2, and then Act 3 is the finale. Let's think about, just for a moment, the apostasy. Would you agree that in the last five decades, that the Christians of the world have become tepid, lukewarm. Christians have lost their way. They don't live their faith. They don't go to church every Sunday. They accept secular norms when it comes to, you know, divorce, abortion, perversity, nudity, pornography. The culture is no longer Christian. People call it post-Christian culture. And we're seeing churches empty. Meanwhile, all the pagan spectacles, the secular spectacles, are growing. Are we living in the beginning, middle, or end of the apostasy? I think if you just look at the numbers, you see we have been in a gradual apostasy. And if Pope Benedict is correct that the power of Antichrist is spreading, if Pope Benedict is correct, we are moving into the end times. Maybe Pope Benedict is not correct, but it's notable after his death that yes, we received his last spiritual testament, but now we have something much more interesting much more specific. And he's pointing to the power of the Antichrist. I would encourage you to learn more. Uh, this book I wrote has the 21 prophecies of the book of Revelation. There are seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven plagues in this final, you could say, Act 2 and Act 3 of the end times. And this is not a sensational account. It's very sober. I'd encourage you to get a copy of the book, Antichrist and Apocalypse, available at Amazon. You can get the audio version. And of course, if you want a signed copy, you can go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. I give you everything that the church fathers taught about the Antichrist. 
Make sure you're praying every day. Make sure you're reading the Bible every day. Make sure you're getting to Mass. You're worshiping on Sunday. Find a traditional at Mass if you can. If you're new to this channel, I encourage you to hit the subscribe button. Don't miss any more future content. I'll be following everything related to Pope Benedict and, of course, everything due to the Antichrist and the apocalypse in future shows, including talking about the Three Days of Darkness, the Whore of Babylon, the Mark of the Beast, 666, Armageddon, and all of those topics that people are confused on. But once you look at the Church Fathers, once you understand the Old Testament and the New Testament and how they're integrated, it unlocks and you begin to understand it. So again, thanks for watching. And until next time, remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed.